Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Playing Around podcast. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and we are going to do a ton of TNA this week. I haven't answered any of your questions in a while, and since it's been a little bit of a boring week, we are coming down from the PGA Championship, I thought this would be a perfect time to answer all of your questions. So let's just get right into it. The first question is, what is your biggest fear? Squirrels. (laughs) I am deathly afraid of squirrels. Anytime a squirrel comes near me, I have a massive panic attack. This all started when I was much younger and I was at this water park and the squirrel ran up my leg and like on me and ever since then I have been terrified of squirrels especially if I go to like South Carolina the squirrels are massive there even if I see it I will almost start crying it is really bad but on a more serious note I think that my biggest fear is disappointing my parents (laughs) I know that that might be a little bit of a weird one, but my parents have sacrificed so much for me to be successful, to live out my dreams, to uh, be whoever I want to be. And so I want to make them proud. I want to be successful. I want to do everything I can to almost pay them back. And they always, I think, wanted me to secretly be a professional athlete. And I didn't quite get to that level. And I know they sacrificed so much and spent so much money on me and did everything possible. And so I feel sometimes a lot of disappointment in myself that I didn't get to that level because I feel like I've let them down. But I think that's why I'm so motivated to continue to be successful in what I do. 
with my job because I want to at least show them that, you know, it wasn't for nothing and that I am using all of the tools and resources and life lessons and skills that they have taught me to continue being the best at what I do. And I am proud to say that I am, you know, <laughs> number one, I think in my job when it comes to, well, I'm the most followed on Instagram. So that's why I said I think number one, I want to keep growing, continue to be successful to make them proud. Next question is, will society's view of you eventually affect change who you are want to be? <laughs> Stay sexy. <laughs> I think that in the beginning of my career, I was so focused on pleasing everyone. I'm innately a people pleaser. And so when I first came on this scene, I got a ton of pushback, a ton of hate. And I like being sexy and I like being silly and goofy. That's just, you know, my personality. And I think a lot of people didn't get it. And it was really hard on me to get this criticism when that is what I wanted to do. And I felt that it did change me. I went through a period where I didn't post at all and I was trying to cover up more and I wore like turtlenecks all the time. And I just wanted to be taken so seriously. And then I realized that People are going to hate me no matter what. I remember I was wearing a turtleneck and everything was covered and someone still called me a whore. And I'm like, are you kidding me still? <laughs> and I realized that no matter what I do, if I try to please people, there are going to be people who don't like me. So I might as well have fun with it. And I think there was a real shift in my career from the very beginning to about two, three years into it where I started to gain more confidence. And I think over the last even two years, you've all seen me become more confident and sure of myself. And I think my content has gotten better. It's gotten funnier. I don't take criticism that harshly anymore. I clap back on trolls. I just really have fun with it. And I feel that, you know, life is so hard and the world is, it's, <laughs> can be a terrible place. And I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. And so when people come to my page and my content, I don't want people to look at what I'm posting and not smile or be happy. And that's really my whole goal. And if I am being entertaining and if I'm being happy, then I know that I am doing my job and that's really all I want to do. And people are like, well, don't you want to be taken seriously? And what are you providing to society? And I'm like, I, I think smiles and laughs. And yeah, some people might not think that that's contributing, but to me it is. And I love what I do and I love making people happy. And I think that's the purpose of my Instagram account and what I'm doing. And so, no, I don't want to be taken seriously because that's not what my content is. It's supposed to be funny and silly and make people laugh and be entertaining and tongue in cheek. And it's just supposed to be fun. And I think we need more of that. And that is what makes me happy. And I feel like I've been very confident and sure in myself and can need to do that. So no, I don't feel like people's opinions have been changing what I've been doing. I think it's actually made me stronger and better. What is the hardest golf course you played on? So back in the day when I was playing AJGA, which is a junior golf association, we played a course called Ram Rock in Texas, and it was the toughest course I've ever played. They said it was the first time in AJGA history, and this has been going on for a very long time, that no one in the field shot par or better. So it was so difficult. It was a beautiful golf course, but really hard. The pins were hard. It was blowing like 25 mile uh, gusts up to 40. It was almost impossible. That was the hardest course I've ever played on. It was miserable. 
Someone said, who do you think is the most overrated player on the PGA Tour? I talked about this last week and I felt bad for saying it, but Will Zalatoris, I don't get the willy zilly hype. I just don't get it. And I feel bad for saying that because he seems like such a genuinely nice, good person. And so I never want to shit talk on people who seem really nice but I don't get the hype. Like he missed the cut uh, last week. He played, he's played well in majors. I'll give him that. I don't think he's going to have a bad career by any means, but the way that they talk about him, it just doesn't seem to match up to me. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I want to be wrong about this because he does seem like a really nice guy, but I don't get the hype. Who do you think has the best swing on the LPGA? And Van Dam by far. Google her swing right now. It is the prettiest golf swing I have ever seen. She hits in a mile. It is so pure, on plane, mechanically sound. It's just perfection. <laughs> Can't believe I'm asking this. Will you ever sell your farts in a jar? Some dudes want to know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't understand the, like, the logistics of it. How fast do you have to cap it for it to be able to like stay in there? And doesn't it like leak out? I don't know. I don't know. It just, the logistics of it is confusing me and it's, it's, it's a no. It's a no for me, dog. Not going to happen. But I thought that question was so funny because who would pay for that and how much would they pay for that? I almost want to put it out there just because I'm so curious on one, who would buy it and who would spend that much money on it. I've seen this before where it's like bath water and feet pictures and some crazy stuff and I'm not kink shaming. I'm not, but what? Like, how does it work? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated in this. Maybe I'll do some research in it. Who was the worst interview because they were demanding and how about the funniest person? I would say that the hardest person to interview was Shannon Elizabeth and not because she was demanding. She was so incredibly kind and sweet, but she didn't really want to talk much about her past and I'm a fan of hers from obviously like American Pie and a lot of her movies and I wanted to get into that a little bit more and she seemed to just not want to talk about those topics which as an interview interviewer you want to respect them and what they want to discuss and so we still had a great interview but I wish we could have covered um, a ton of different topics. When it comes to the funniest person, hmm, I've had probably, so I think, not probably not the funniest person, but my favorite interview was Cindy Morgan, who played Lacey Underall in Caddyshack. She was hilarious. She loved talking about the experience and the behind the scenes, and again, I think that I understand that a lot of these celebrities don't want to talk about the same thing over and over and over again. But for me, it was my first time talking to her and she was just like a ball of energy. She was so nice. She wanted to talk about everything. She was funny. And I would say that was probably my favorite interview uh, that I've done on the podcast. Okay, next question. What's the most unusual golf course you have played on? Hmm. I would say out of the really nice courses that I played on that I found unusual was definitely Pasatiempo. It's a very difficult golf course and the greens are, 
they're almost impossible. Like you have a three footer and you're looking behind at the that the hole. Like you have your back to the pin because it breaks so much. I played a U.S. Open qualifier there. I shot 80 like the first round and then like a 75 and I almost made it. I remember Allison Lee shot an 82, 69 and made it. And um, it was so difficult. Everyone was playing not great golf <laughs> the golf course and it was impossible to make putts and there's a lot of elevation changes it's just a very difficult golf course and my mom was caddying for me it was 36 holes and there's this one hole where it goes all the way down and she left my towel up on the tee box and she had to like it's the second 18 she had to run all the way up to get it and all the way back down I felt really bad for her but that was a very unusual golf course not my favorite that I played in tournaments but I think for like a fun round of golf, it would be an awesome course to play. I love playing easier golf courses or ones that aren't like tricked up in tournaments, but those are my favorite golf courses to play when it's just for fun. Like you want to be challenged. You want to have those elevation changes, some tricky greens. I think that makes it really fun, but in tournament golf, I hated it. How often do people recognize you in public and at the course? And are you okay with people talking to you? I would say that I get recognized on the golf course quite a bit. A lot of people don't come up to me, but I can tell that they know who I am or they think that they might know me. And um, I prefer people to come up to me and say hi compared to just staring at me. It makes me very uncomfortable when... I can tell there's like a group of guys and they're just looking at me because of my social anxiety. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're making fun of me. They're gonna, they're taking pictures of me and videos to send their friends because they're making fun of me. And later I'll get a DM and they're like, we were so nervous to say hi to you. We didn't want to interrupt. And I would wish that they would just come up and say hi. I love meeting you guys. Um, it, it's, it's just way better that way than just, you know, kind of looking and being awkward about it. Um, so always come up, say hi to me. Uh, I never mind. I would say in public, like outside of a golf setting, it used to not be that much, but it's starting to get more and more. I was at the airport the other day and I got recognized like seven times. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is like, hasn't happened to me. And so there's good things and bad to it. Sometimes it's nice to be able to just go out in public and look a mess and, you know, not have to worry about taking pictures. But at the same time, it means that my content is reaching more people and more people are starting to know who I am, which is also really cool. And everyone I've met has always been really nice and friendly and I've never had any issues. But I always feel bad when I don't look great. I get really insecure about this and someone asked me for a picture and I'm scared they're going to send it around to like their friends and people are like, oh, she doesn't look like how she does on Instagram or um, she edits her pictures, something like that, because I really try not to like add any filters or edit. I try to look as much like myself on Instagram, but of course I have like full hair and makeup and all that. So I always like, oh no, like, please let it be a day that I look halfway decent. <laughs> Best way to lower my score. I love golf, but I suck. Yeah, same, I relate. I would say if you don't have a lot of time, the fastest way to improve is work on your short game and your putting. 
people think that they're losing shots on their irons or their drivers and that's not actually the case they're losing a lot of shots from like 100 yards and in or around the green and it's because they will be in a bunker and it takes them three to get out or two to get out or they chip and miss the green then they're you know chipping and they're making a double when pros are making par 90% of the time. And so if you practice 100 yards and in, really focus on that, you're going to save so many shots throughout the round of golf. And also it's course management too. Always play safe. If you can't pull a shot off, chip it out. Um, Don't fire at the pins, go for the center of the green all the time. If you play safe, you're actually going to shoot significantly lower too. A lot of people don't know how to like work their way around a golf course and that's why caddies are so important even at a professional level you think that these guys know how to think their way around a golf course but that's not actually true and that's why someone like bones is such a valuable caddy and we saw that at the pga championship with justin thomas where they were on that par five and he was in the rough and it was kind of an in-between where he could have gone for it but he decided to lay up and he made birdie where Mito took driver off the tee and ended up making double because he made some stupid decisions. So it really comes down to course management and short game, and you could shave 10 to 15 shots off your score just by doing that. There are a ton of really great drills that you can do. My favorite is to practice like I'm playing on the golf course, so I love doing an up and down game. So I'll play nine holes on a practice green and I have to get nine up and downs before I leave or I'll have to play uh, nine holes at even par, that which is really challenging. So you can set goals for yourself depending on where your skill level is. But try those games, but try to also practice like you play because when I was in junior golf and even college and professional, I would grind, grind on the practice facility and I would hit a hundred three footers and I'd get out on the golf course and I didn't go through my routine once on the practice screen and so it felt so awkward. I just couldn't transfer my practice game over to the golf course and so I changed the way I practice now and it's really improved my score for the very limited amount of practice that I'm doing. That's why it's also really important. I talked about this on my YouTube, but I got a shot scope and it's a rangefinder, but it has this device that can track all of your stats and your analytics and your data. It is so valuable to know where you're losing your shots because you could think that, well, I'm hitting my approach shots bad, but it actually could be because you're a driver because you're not hitting in the fairway. And you could think that your putting is great, but it's actually not great because you're missing a ton of greens. And so it really focuses in on what you need to get better at. And so I always recommend people keeping their stats and the easiest way to do it is through a device that's able to track everything for you and get the highest amount of analytics possible for you to really zero in on what you need to work on. And Then the hard part is knowing what you need to work on and doing that on the practice facility because none of us like to practice things we don't like. So um, yeah, shot scope is really great. That's one I have. It's nice because if you don't like wearing watches, you can clip it on your rangefinder. It just tracks everything for you. So it's like super easy that way. Do you think playing golf is more mental or physical? Is it the hardest sport to succeed in? I would say mentally... It is the hardest sport to succeed in by far. It's not a very physical game or sport. You do have like overuse injuries, but you know, compared to like fighting or football or hockey, like you're not getting hit. 
Um, it's just you against the golf course and that's why it's so hard mentally because if you're having a bad day, the coach can't just take you off and put you on the bench and be like, better luck next time. You're out there by yourself having to figure it out. And sometimes, especially if you start with a double or triple on the first hole, you're like, okay, I'm three over. I have 17 holes left to go. (laughs) This is going to be really fun. And that's the hardest part is like keeping yourself in it the entire time. I haven't mastered it. This is the reason why I'm not playing professionally is that between the ears for me, I am a complete head case to the point where I get yips. I freak myself out. I have like anger issues on the golf course. I think for me that golf brings out the worst in me (laughs) by far. It makes me so incredibly anxious. And that's why I always say I have this love-hate relationship with it. I think we can all relate to that because it is so mentally taxing on you. It's like a toxic relationship. It's it's this toxic cycle of some days you're playing so great and then you have a bad day and you want to quit and then something good happens and it keeps you back in it. And it's like we're constantly in this roundabout of like, we love it, we hate it, we love it, we hate it. And that's what makes it so taxing. And yes, I, I think that playing good golf is all about being mentally in a good place to play good golf. When I think about the best rounds of golf I've ever had, I'm not thinking about a single thing. I am so zoned in. I focus on on every single shot. No other thoughts are entering my mind. When I'm playing bad, oh my gosh, I'm standing on the tee. There's shit left. There's water right. There's OB. There's this. There's that. I'm over a three-footer. I What if I miss this? I'm going to make a bogey. And if I make a bogey here, then I'm going to make a... And it's like you just start spinning and spiraling. And it's like how do you bring yourself back into like a really good place mentally to play good golf? What can you do to fix that? Um, I'm not the best person to ask about that. I have seen like seven sports psychologists and I am in a no better place when it comes to golf. There are a bunch of self-help books for golf. There's things you can do, breathing techniques. None of it has worked for me. So you guys are on your own there. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc make everybody count 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, next question is, would you ever remarry? This is a interesting question. So as you guys know, I am divorced. I wasn't married for very long. And I think that when I initially got divorced, I said I will never get married ever again. <laughs> I was so put off on the idea of it and... Anyone who has gone through a divorce knows that it's it's very traumatic for, you know, everyone involved, for the other party and the families. And it's it's just, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I feel for everyone who has ever gone through a divorce or is going through a divorce. And so I was very off on it. Now, when I think about it, yes, I definitely think I do want to uh, remarry and I've learned so many things and I believe in love and I don't want to have one not great experience ruin a great experience moving forward and so I'd be much smarter about it this time, um, not rush the process, but really enjoy everything there is to like planning the wedding and um, God, I love the cake test, the tasting. That was really fun. Finding a dress and being able to share it too. I think before I kept my private life so private and I definitely want to do that again, but I almost felt like I was hiding it in a way and I, I don't want to do that again. But yes, I, I believe in love. I believe in marriage. I believe in soulmates. I believe in finding your person. I believe in all of that. And I don't think that you should ever let a bad experience taint a good experience in your life. Next question is, When did you develop a sense of humor about people saying weird sexual things to you online? I don't think I've developed a sense of humor about it. I think I'm definitely desensitized to the whole process. I definitely know what I'm doing and I know my brand and I think a lot of people want to be playful back with me and so I try to take that and run with it. I think at times people cross the line and when I call them out on it. They're like, well, that's your content and you deserve it because of what you post. And that kind of falls along the lines of sexual assault where it's like you're asking for it because of what you're wearing. And I don't think that's right. So when it comes to like, say, dick pics, I'm not asking for that. So please do not send me them. And just because I'm putting out very cheeky content doesn't give you a right to send me something sexual in return when it's crossing the line like that. When it's like a silly joke or, you know, something that is very tongue in cheek, that's fine. I don't get offended by it at all. But it's just when that line is crossed and it's something that is highly inappropriate that does not match the content that I'm putting out. And I feel like sometimes guys just feel like they have free range to do whatever they want, say whatever they want. And then when I'm like, "Eh, I, I don't really love that, 
then they get really upset about and they're like, well, you're asking for it. I'm like, no, (laughs) I never said, please send me a dick pic. That's me asking for it. I've never said that. So please don't do that. But I think you do have to have a good sense of humor about it. Obviously, again, I know what I'm doing. I like being sexy. I like being funny. And I like when people are playful back to me. So doesn't bother me um, one bit. I've actually been doing Thirsty Thursdays on my Instagram now, which are pretty fun. We're all shared uh, funny DMs that guys have sent me. And when I first started doing it, I put one out and people were so deeply offended by it. And I realized at that moment that I'm so desensitized to what people say to me that things that I find it funny are actually like quite shocking to other people. <laughs> and so when I say like cross the line, that line is so far that it takes a lot for someone to cross it. I would say the only thing really is like things that are in a um, harassing way or uh, mention like assault or like dick pics, but everything else I'm like whatever about it. But since I started doing that, the Thirsty Thursday DMs, it's interesting how a lot of guys now, my DMs have really taken a big switch where they're more funny, they are more playful. I think that a lot of guys don't realize what a lot of women online get and they don't want to contribute to it in any way. And so all of the DMs that I get now have been so incredibly amazing and funny and silly and like creative. And I think it's because I started doing that and guys had this reality check of like, holy shit, like guys actually send this to women and like it is scary and not okay. And they're like, I don't want to be a part of that. So it's actually been something that has really helped me. And hopefully it's been helping other women too. I like to address certain issues in a very funny way. And I think that since I do have such a male dominated audience, there's a lot of interesting discussions that go around these topics compared to like a female centric audience. And it's nice to like bring these up to guys and they're really open-minded about, you know, certain things and certain discussions. And, you know, we're all more aligned than we think and with how everything is going in society. And I think we see a lot of diversion on social media, but we are more aligned than we really do think that we are. And so it is great to have these discussions where you're like, okay, we might be saying it in a different way, but underneath it all we're agreeing on the same thing and I think that if we all take a step back and really look what the person is saying and trying to really analyze the meaning behind it I think again we'll be surprised that we're not as separated as we think that we are and that's been something that has been really reassuring to me because again I'm sure you guys all know when you go on social media especially Twitter it's sad and it's not so much fun sometimes because it feels like everyone's arguing, but we're all kind of arguing the same points and we all kind of agree on the same things. And to me, that is something that is kind of nice. There is a, there's a silver lining there that, you know, we are more alike than we all think. What's the most common thing golfers do that cause a slice? They come over the top with an open club face. So what people do is they're hitting it right. And so what they try to do is they aim their body more left. And that is actually going to create a bigger slice. So golf is a game of opposites. If you're hitting it right, you almost want to align right and swing right. And then you'll have to turn your hands over and that's how you hit a draw. So if you're hitting it right, don't keep lining your body up left because to get it back online, you're going to have to come over it and open your club face, which is going to create more of a slice. So don't do that. (laughs) 
Serious question. Do your breasts help or hinder your golf swing? I would say that at times it does keep me connected, but for the most part, it definitely hinders my golf swing. I have to, if I stand the normal distance away from the golf ball, my left arm hits my left boob and it gets stuck. And so I end up having to like bump my arms out. And so that's why my takeaway looks a little bit funky. And it took me a while to realize that because I've had male instructors and they're like, just bring it back. I'm like, okay. And then I bring it back and I'm like bumping it out. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, oh, because I have tits. And a male instructor is not going to be like, oh, it's because you have tits. Because it's awkward. <laughs> and so I was finally talking to my pro, Tyler Hall. And we've been friends for a really long time. And I was like, yo, Tyler, like this is super awkward. But... I can't swing with the way that my body is. And he was like, I got you. Okay, we're going to move away from the golf ball just a little bit to give you some space. And so like once he said that, uh, it's really helped a lot. I do have to adjust a little bit because I'm standing a little farther away from it. So there are times where I hit it off the toe, but it's really helped my takeaway. But yeah, like they get in the way. It's uncomfortable. And so when I'm playing like a serious round of golf, like not just for like Instagram videos, I'll wear like a double sports bra just to kind of flatten them out a little bit. And it helps big time, big time. They get in the way. Do a couple more. Would you trade your business success to win a major? Hmm. It's a hard question. I think that my entire life I want to be a professional athlete. And so yes, winning a major would be incredible and I wish that I was a successful pro golfer. I don't think I would be happier, but I definitely would feel a sense of accomplishment for how hard I've worked through junior golf and college and when I did play professionally. And I know people would obviously respect me so much more if I had a major win and I'd probably be making more money being a professional golfer with you know, kind of the modeling background that I have. But no, I don't think I would. I think that I am better suited to what I do now. This is what I'm meant to do. And I I knew in my heart if I practiced as much as I possibly could, I would never be number one in the world. But I am number one at what I do in golf media. And to me, that just proves that I am doing the right thing. And I've, I've picked the right direction for my career and for my life. I am so much happier. Golf never made me happy. Playing competitively never made me happy. What I do definitely makes me happy. And I feel that it goes back to one of the earlier questions about being taken seriously. And I think, yes, I would love to walk into a room and be respected because I'm a major champion. And now... I don't get a lot, I wouldn't say I don't get a lot of respect. I think people are starting to respect me more because of what I have accomplished and what I've overcome and the business that I've built. And I'm so, so incredibly proud of myself for being able to do that and to persevere through all of the adversity and everyone thought that I would be the flavor of the month and then we'd move on. But with my team, I have built this incredible business and I feel like I'm just getting started. And so this is what I should be doing. So no, I don't think I would trade my business success for a major. What's in your bag? So I have a mixed bag. I go to Club Champion all the time, so I'm always trading out new equipment. But right now I am playing TaylorMade Wedges. 
Mizuno Irons, a Titleist Hybrid, a Callaway 5-wood, a Callaway 3-wood, and a TaylorMade Driver and a Swag Putter. So I was playing the TaylorMade M4 for the longest time and like I couldn't find anything better. Finally switched over to a Ping, but it's not that it was better. It was actually the same amount of numbers, but it was a little bit straighter and I was like, okay, finally I'll switch. And then the new TaylorMade driver came out and I fell in love with it. And so that's in the bag now. It's my favorite driver I've ever had, even though I got the hips with it recently and threw it 40 yards and hit a car path and bounced into the ship. It's still my favorite driver that I've ever played with. I love the Callaway 3-wood and 5-wood. I'm actually thinking of maybe doing a 7-wood instead of my hybrid. I like the fact that the woods go a little bit higher than the hybrids, and so I might go back to Club Champion and get fit for that. I just feel like I seem to hit the fairway woods a little bit better, and they're really easy for me to hit. With my irons, I only go up to a 5-iron, but I've always been a Mizuno gal. They fit me really well. I just love the feel of them. I think that they make the best irons in the game. And I switch my I switch my wedges around quite a bit. I really like the PXG wedges. Obviously, um, Tyler Spokey, they make amazing wedges. I like my tailor-made wedges. Really, there's not bad equipment out there right now. Oh, and, and like I love my swag putter. So it's a one-of-one, one, and that's something that's really cool with swag is that when you have something from them, you know that it's really special and unique and it's made for you, which is really cool. And same with Club Champion too. What I was saying is that there's really not bad equipment out there. Everything out there right now is so good. But what I like might be different than what you like. Everyone has a different preference on the appearance of it, the sound of it, how it reacts, your swing you know, your tendencies that you have. So certain brands seem to fit certain people a little bit better. So for me, Callaway drivers, they don't really fit me as well as tailor-made drivers. But the the Callaway Woods, I love them. And so that's why it is so incredibly important to go into Club Champion to get fit because I could tell you all day long what I play, but that might not be the best thing for you. You could go in and get tailor-made irons, a ping driver, <laughs> like, I, I don't even know, a, a, a Cobra Woods and, like, Cleveland Wedges, and that could be the best fitting clubs for you, and those could be the worst for me, and so that's why I like working with Club Champions so much is because it's all about the process, and it's so individualized, and once you have these clubs, they fit you so well and you have so much confidence in them. And it goes back again to golf being mental and how that helps your game. And so if you have clubs that fit you, then you play better golf. And they also have this really cool service where you can go in after you get fitted and you hit your clubs, they'll gap all of your clubs out to make sure they're all going the right yardage. They'll change your loft and lies because uh, sometimes they can bend here and there, but they want to make sure that you are having the most amazing experience with your golf clubs. So definitely go check them out. I think that it is so vital for people to get fit for clubs. It is so incredibly important. I can't stress that enough. And it has been something that I've been doing from the very beginning of my career, even in junior golf. It makes a massive difference. It's a bit of an investment up front, but it pays off so much in the end. So go check out Club Champion. <laughs> okay, and the last question is OnlyFans question mark? 
So I get this question a lot. I would say that it is my most asked, well, second most asked question. The first most asked question is, are your boobs real? Yes. And then it's OnlyFans. I think a lot of people would expect me to go the OnlyFans route because of the fact that I'm not afraid to be sexy and you can rake in a shit ton of cash by doing so. But a lot of people don't realize that there is such a stigma around OnlyFans and sex work even if you're not taking your clothes off. And so if you don't have to be nude or, you know, push it to that level to do OnlyFans. You could just do, you know, bikini pictures. But even then, when you say OnlyFans, there is this stigma around it, which I don't judge any woman who decides to do OnlyFans. Um, Love yourself, do what makes you happy. But for me, it's just not in my road when it comes to my business plan. With being in such a conservative industry like golf, that would be a career killer for me. And even what I do, so many doors have been shut because they don't like the fact that I just show cleavage. I think that is not okay. I don't agree with it. I think that you can be respected and be sexy. And I really try to push that. But that would be, I think, a step too far where I would probably lose sponsors, doors would be closed, and that would be my only source of revenue. The problem is, is that if you do OnlyFans, and I think a lot of women don't think about this, they see a lot of money up front, but you have to keep pushing the boundaries because people are going to get sick of what you're doing. If you do it for maybe two to three years at most, you're going to then have to keep pushing to get different type of content or you're not going to make any money. And so I think that's a real slippery slope. And that's something that I just never want to do. And it's not that I don't feel comfortable in my body or I don't like putting out sexy content. Just for me and what I want to do and how I want my business to grow and develop, it is just not the right decision for me to make. And I think a lot of women who are thinking about doing OnlyFans, you do have to think about your future. It's going to be written on all of your resumes. Everyone's going to know that you're doing it there. Again, there's such a stigma about it, which I don't agree with, but it is something that you really do have to think of when it comes to 5, 10 years, 20 years down the road. How is this decision going to affect me? Even the content that I'm doing now, I always think about that. I did a silly milkshake video or eating, you know, hot dogs under 10 minutes. It's very tongue in cheek but how is that going to affect me in five years and 10 years? Will I be able to get opportunities if that video is still out there? And I am okay with that. I think that every time I put a video out, um, I do it in a way that I think is fun and that's something that I'm able to accept. Um, My parents see all of my content. All of my friends and family see all of my content. That's nothing that I'm ashamed of or scared of. I think when I have kids one day, I will not be ashamed of the content that is out there. So I always really try to think ahead and how each decision is going to affect my future and my plans. That's kind of the thought process that goes around with all of my content and the decision to not do OnlyFans. So 
I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and this long TNA. <laughs> we will be back with all the sports talk next week. If you want to write in any more questions, you can email us at parariheartradio.com or you can send us a DM at the Playing Around Instagram account. As always, guys, thank you so much for all of the love and support. Don't be afraid to leave us five stars, write us a nice review, share us with your friends. Like we always want to keep growing and improving and getting better. And we will catch you here next time. Thanks for listening. Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.